Man, the Penguins have been hit with a lot of weirdness lately, haven't they? Like, real weirdness. Like, your Hall of Fame general manager just walking out the door an eighth of the way into the season. Like, losing five of your six opening day defensemen to injuries. Like, the New Jersey Devils coming down with half their team having coronavirus and then your whole schedule gets blown up. But I actually kind of like where they are with one or two significant exceptions. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. I do one of these every weekday morning in addition to Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates if you're into football and or baseball. The Penguins would have faced the Devils last night at PPG Paints Arena, and then again tomorrow night, except both of those games, of course, were canceled because of the Devils having 10 players on the COVID list. So the Penguins' next game will be out on Long Island Saturday night. They're still home. They they still came home uh, to Pittsburgh, presumably just to get a change of laundry and whatever else before they head back into the New York metro area for another week. But they also got some needed, I think, time down here. Not that it's exhausting to this point of the season or anything like that. They've only played 10 games, uh, but more so so that you can ideally get some of these defensemen to start getting back into the lineup. Uh, They did practice yesterday at Madison Square Garden, which again was unscheduled and unexpected, but they were already in New York and they got hit by 18 inches of snow or whatever it was up there. And so they stayed in Manhattan and did a few twirls around the rink. Afterwards, Sidney Crosby uh, was asked about all of this strangeness. Yeah, I mean, I think you go through different things, not specifically these things kind of all bunched together, but different experiences. And I think, uh, you know, you just got to focus on on games and preparation, um, block out everything else. So I think we've done a pretty good job of that. Um, you know, we've played some some pretty good hockey. You know, it, it just comes down to executing and a few mistakes and small margin for error in this league. But uh, I think for the most part, we've done a pretty good job of handling that. Yeah, I'm with him. I, I This might not be the most popular thing to say, especially since they're coming off a loss in which they scored only one goal, uh, meaning, of course, 3-1 to one on Monday night there to the Rangers. But I, I kind of like where they are. I, I thought that their five-on-five play, and the metrics will support me on this, was really good. It was among their better efforts of the young season. And the best part about that is is it was a cumulative effect. It carried over from the third period of the previous game. It looked like they started to find their wheels. They've really started clicking. They make crisp, sharp passes now. They're moving for each other. Um, They're creating in the offensive zone. They're getting through the neutral zone in a big hurry. And I think in large part because of all these lost defensemen that there's a greater attention to detail in the defensive zone 
as well. I think those are good things for this hockey team to be picking up right about now. If there's any regret at all to not having hockey this week against the Devils, it's that. It's that they, they're getting better at five-on-five. Five. They're getting stronger. They're making more of a statement. They're having penalties called against the opposition for the first time all year. There's been a lot of good things at even strength. But I did mention those couple other things, right? This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. You can put up all the wonderful five-on-five advanced analytics and impress everyone, and it won't matter at all if you don't produce anything on the power play. The Penguins are currently in an 0-for-18 slide with the man advantage, and that doesn't even begin to tell how bad they've been. Uh, They are at least setting up. I'll give them that much. But once they set up, they're stuck on the perimeter. They find themselves open for shots that they refuse to take. And then they'll start trying to do these soft little saucers into the middle, uh, into the slot area that get picked off and the puck goes right out again. Yes, it could be worse. They could be so bad that they don't even set up, but there's too much skill for them to not set up. They gain the zone, and they find a way. They just do. But once they do, there's virtually no direction. And if you want to talk about coaching, you can. But look at who's out there and tell me who's listening to Todd Reardon. Who's who's listening to Reardon in saying, you know, if he's saying, hey, do this and do this and just shoot the puck and crash the net, which one of these guys do you think is going to do that? To me, the only answer for this is to try something just completely draconian. you know. And we've seen Penguins coaches do this in the past. You can try splitting up Sid and Gino. Uh, you can try uh, using uh, more of a grinder type to send in front of the net since you don't have Patrick Hornquist anymore? Is it an automatic that you have to have Jake Gensel out there on the first power play unit? I know it took him forever to work his way up that rank, but this isn't really about that. This isn't about trying to honor somebody's you know ascension up the chain. It's about scoring goals. And if they aren't not just not scoring goals, if they aren't even shooting the puck, you as the head coach have every right to make whatever changes you need. If you watch Power Play 2 come onto the rink and shoot the puck and crash the net, this really shouldn't be all that complicated. You can take a Jason Zucker who has three goals in his last four games and say, listen, he's at least going to the net. We're going to put him out there. We're going to sit Jake. Or we're going to put him out there, and we're going to put a couple of defensemen out there, and Gino can be with power play too, since he's not shooting the puck either. And he's actually at the point, and he's not shooting the puck. 
Because then Gino's on the point, and he's not shooting the puck. John Marino's on the other point, and he sees Gino not shooting the puck, so why should he shoot the puck? What's he, the gunner? No. It's just it's just so bad. Everything about it is so bad. I, I don't even want to talk about the power play anymore. It's so bad. They need to score two or three of the ugliest power play goals you have ever seen. Goals that are so ugly that you will be convinced that they mean nothing toward pulling this team out of its power play funk, and yet they'll actually mean everything. The other thing is goaltending. This is a whole lot simpler. Tristan Jari needs to get, I don't know what it takes for him mentally. He's always been a hard read for me, on and off the ice. If it takes getting angry, get angry. If it takes feeling like your job has been threatened, like you finally, finally worked your way into a position where you're number one goalie in the league and all of a sudden Casey DeSmith's getting all the work and all the wins, then go ahead and get mad. Do whatever it takes. But don't don't just sit with your heels in the back of the crease and let them fling 40-foot wristers by you on the short side. Make a difference. Tell yourself when you're going out on the rink Saturday night on Long Island, and that that team, the Islanders, will come crashing you, crashing your crease, making life miserable for you. Get angry. Say, you know what, I don't care how the rest of the team plays tonight. I really don't. I don't care what quality of chances we give up. I don't care if it's a 3-on-0, 2-on-0, rebounds, whatever it is. I am going to win this game. When you hear Mike Sullivan say things about Casey DeSmith, by the way, it's, it's actually one of the funny patterns about his answers on DeSmith. Ask him anything at all about Casey DeSmith. What do you think about Casey's play, Coach? What do you think about the way Casey's going right now, Coach? His answer will always be the first thing that pops to his mind, something about his competitiveness. Now, with all due respect, if the first thing your coach thinks about you as as a skilled player at the highest level of the game is about how hard you're trying. (laughs) The chances are excellent. You're not all that gifted, okay? That's what he's doing. That's what Sullivan's doing. He's saying competitiveness. He's fighting for the puck. He did the same thing last year when Tristan Jari would come in and take Matt Murray's place. Do you remember this? Remember this? He would say it again and again. Oh, we really like his battle out there. He's fighting for the puck. He's fighting to see the puck. He would say these things about Jari. Partly because they were accurate, but also partly to send a message to Murray that he wasn't doing any of that. Especially trying to battle to see pucks coming in from the points. He's now doing the same thing to Jari. It's plain as day. The goaltending needs to get infinitely better. You put these two things on, and I'm not making it sound like there's a magic wand here, but you put these two things into the plus column for the Penguins, and you're going to see a pretty good hockey team. When we come back, just one question. Time for just one question. 
If you'd like to leave one of these, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that's encasing this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. And today's Just One Question comes from Michigan Penns fan who asks, DK, I've been thinking the play of Pierre-Olivier-Joseph has been great, but isn't it a shame that it took our blue line getting decimated for him to get his opportunity? I wish more young prospects got the chance to show what they can do. This is a very fair criticism of this front office and coaching staff as a whole, within reason, within reason. The fact is, this season set up a depth chart that had POJ either ninth or 10th on it, depending on your point of view and how much you prioritize righty or lefty defensemen. That's not good. That is not smart, sound, internal evaluation of your own people. And I realize that that can come across as classic hindsight because, wow, who knew this kid was going to be this good? Except for this. Mike Vellucci, who was Wilkes-Barre Scranton's head coach last season, told our site, told DK Pittsburgh Sports, Taylor Haas specifically, our uh, hockey reporter, that POJ was ready for the NHL last December. That he felt, Vellucci did, that POJ had checked off every box, including getting stronger. The concerns that they'd had were you know, the wiry frame and so forth, but that he'd gotten so much stronger that he had really nullified that aspect of it. And he'd put together so much else with the rest of his game that he was ready to be in the NHL and yet, and yet, never gets the call. And then the summer comes along and Jim Rutherford not only re-signs uh, Chad Ruedel, Yuso Ricola, more importantly, because he's a lefty, but then makes the Patrick Hornquist trade to bring back Mike Matheson, a lefty who was going to be getting $6 million a year for a very long time. So if you look at a depth chart that already had Brian Dumoulin, again, just lefties, and Marcus Pedersen, you were basically saying, to POJ, you aren't going to play, kid. You aren't going to play unless one of these, or two of these actually, or three even, of these defensemen were going to get knocked out because we saw what happened when the first of them got knocked out. It was Ricola, and then Yuso falls. So no, this was not proper evaluation of the talent that you have. John Sherholz, the legendary general manager 
of the Atlanta Braves back when they won 16 straight division titles in the National League. Just an amazing feat, by the way. Famously wrote in a book that the most important talent that you have to evaluate as a GM is your own. You have to know who you have. If you don't know who you have, you have no chance of making good decisions related to the outside because you're either going to underestimate or overestimate the value of what you're holding or you're going to do stuff like this. So did the Penguins get a little lucky that all these lefty defensemen went down? Yeah, they did, but they shouldn't have had to. I'm not a Jim Basher at in any way, shape, or form. My respect for the man and what he's achieved in Pittsburgh knows no bounds, but doesn't mean he was perfect, and he definitely had a blind spot when it came to younger players. That said, he also was the guy who acquired <laughs> BOJ and Pedersen and everything else, so there's, there's all these nuance to everything, right? Good question, man. Thank you for that. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.